Hey friends, Ashton Gustafson here. Welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. I hope you and yours are doing well. If this is your first time here, welcome. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. If you've been here a few times, uh, welcome back. Thank you for your consistent presence. Today, you got me today. And uh, I've, I, I heard something a couple weeks ago, and it stuck with me. I've been trying to uh, wrestle, maybe that's not the right word, uh, navigate, no structure, understand, uh, paint, this, this idea. Because I think this is, a, this is a huge concept that could lead to a lighter and brighter life that could help uh, unlock some of the doors from the inside, if you will. And so uh, sometimes when you get me and we don't, have an inter- we don't have a guest to interview, I pour myself a cup of coffee from Camp for Coffee from Crested Butte, Colorado, and, and we just, I look down at a page of notes and we see where this thing goes. Today is one of those days. Um, so... Thank you for joining me, and uh, thank you for walking with me in this stream of consciousness. So I, I've I, I heard a formula, uh, and forgive me for who this was, but it, it was uh, it was somebody that Rich Roll was interviewing, and maybe he didn't exactly say the formula this way. I feel like he did, uh, but I heard it in passing, and I wrote it on a sticky note on my desk, and it and it really stuck with me, um, and and in short. The formula was, um, here is the formula for your despair. Here is the formula for your suffering. Um, Y'all happy yet? You you liking the joyful tone of this (laughs) podcast this morning? Uh, We're going somewhere good. We're going somewhere lovely, trust me. He said the formula for your despair, your suffering, your angst, your frustration, your fist held high, aggravated at the world has brought your way. He said it's this, reality minus your unmet expectations equals your despair, equals suffering. I'll say it again. Reality, what is the thing that's happening before you? The cards you've been dealt, the breath you've been given, the scenario that has been perfectly concocted for you, minus your expectations, minus your unmet expectations, equals your despair. Now, if you're like me, immediately you're like, shoot, I think that's right. I, I, that's, that's accurate, unfortunately. And so, I've been looking at this formula on a sticky note, and I, and I think it's worth a little bit of dissecting. And maybe then we can navigate the sea of despair that we find ourselves in sometimes. And let's just go to the end at the beginning and realize that we are the ones that typically get ourselves there. <laughs> Victim mentality. Uh, is typically when we think, nope, somebody did this to me. I am in despair. I am in suffering. I am frustrated because of what you did to 
me or what wasn't done for me or that which I thought was going to happen. And the truth is, most of the time, we find ourselves in these places via narrative, story, pre-written success scenarios that we then lay as a demand over our life, a demand over our families, a demand over our friendships, a demand over our businesses, a demand over everything. And what happens when the demands aren't met? We're frustrated. We're in a state of suffering. We're in a place of despair. And at the end of the day, what I think this formula does is help wake us up to the reality that maybe we have a little bit more agency than we thought. And so I wanted to just kind of dig into this, these three parts of this formula, and then take a few things out. I've got some notes here about loaves of bread and meals and mountains and light and salt and yeast. We're going to get there. Uh, But I, I, I first just want to break down the formula for a bit. And so let's let's begin with reality. Now, I'm going to jump off into the weeds a little bit. I may lose some of you guys. That's okay. Please know that uh, I am coming from a place of love and mystery and wonder and awe and hope in some of this uh, that I'm about to share here. Reality. Capital R, reality. Now, Father Richard Rohr teaches this. He says, God shows up as your life. God shows up as your life. Now, let's think about that for a second. What what else would God show up as? (laughs) What else would God show up as? The, The thing in which you live, move, and have your being. The whole shebang. The symphony that is your life of love, of family, relationship, work, sleep, life, play, God, parentheses, capital R, reality. Here's the first part of this formula. That it just is what it is. That life is what it is. Now, our narrative of that is typically on us. We are the ones that typically say, okay, this is what I think life is. This is what I think life is about. This is what I think God is. This is what I think God is about. This is what I think real is, what reality is about. No, reality is what it is. You may lay a lot of stories over reality, but reality is what it is, right? And so this is helpful just to kind of state the obvious right out of the gate that Life happens. You back your car into the pole behind the garage. You don't get the job that you wanted to get. You do get the job that you wanted to get. All of those scenarios, they just, they're neutral. They're, 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 they don't have a positive or negative energy. The story in which you lay over them, gives them the positive or negative energy. And so we begin with reality. And a bedrock reality, a bedrock belief that we have to have about this capital R reality is this, that life, life, 
that reality, let's say reality, reality is happening for you. Like if you want to jump way off into the mystic weeds, we believe that all of this, even though we don't understand it all, even though we can't fathom it all, even though we can't comprehend of it all, we have a bedrock belief that at its core, it is good. At its core, it is perfectly calibrated for us and for our transformation. Now, this is, this is hard. Like this, just, just getting this part of the formula right is so hard because often in times, life doesn't feel like it's calibrated for us. Life feels like it's not up and to the right. It feels like we're constantly climbing the mountain. We don't have any tailwind. It feels like life is against us. It feels like all things are happening not for my good, right? But we anchor ourselves. And I think we have to begin with this formula of reality of saying, I have a bedrock belief that no matter what is happening before me, that it's perfectly calibrated for me. This will change your life. This will change your life. Because the smallest little things that come your way and they frustrate you, uh, you, you, you begin to be the one that witnesses that when you believe that all of this is calibrated for your good. And when I say good, I mean transformation for your clarity, for your, uh, the, the tuning of your light that you are in the world, the, uh, the unveiling of your light that you are in the world. So reality, we good there? Like there's, this is, this is the first part of the formula, reality. Next one is this, our unmet expectations. Reality minus our unmet expectations. Now, where do we get these? Well, um, I don't have that answer. I, 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 don't, I don't have uh, a degree in psychology. I don't have uh, all of the different uh, ways to understand where all of these um, expectations come from. There is cultural bias. There is familial bias bias. There's right, there's the way your family does it. There's the way my family does it. Then you become a part of these groups. Uh, and there's the way this group does it. We believe like this. People like us do things like this. And all of that comes together. And they are basically what they are is little success formulas to say that if you do this, then that, if you put that coin in that machine and you pull that lever, this is what will happen. And so with our lives, we put the car in drive every day and we march directly into reality. Our place of work, our schools, our friendship groups, uh, wherever, the grocery store. Uh, we, we go into reality and, and into reality we bring our narratives on how things should be. And just because we think it's so doesn't mean that that's necessarily how it's going to happen. So we have this great angst and frustration when things are not necessarily going the way we think that they should be going. And so what do we do? 
we bring these expectations, and then we also start labeling everything as good or bad, right or wrong, up or down, in or out, within the world of our expectations. And so now we've got a jersey that we're wearing because we're wearing the right jersey and they are wearing the wrong jersey. Or we have this agenda and they have that agenda and they are in conflict. And so we have all of these unmet expectations that are happening. And then we look back in our lives in great frustration and suffering and despair, and feel like we're not as alive as we thought we should be. Oh, I got married, but that person, ah, they aren't, they, 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 they frustrate me a little bit. I got the job, but that boss is, he's a jerk. I got the dream job, and it did this. I got the dream house, and the air conditioner went out. I got, we, all of these things, right? It's like it, it wasn't supposed to go this way. It's like Alanis Morissette. It's like rain on your wedding day, right? But life is happening for us. And the thing that I want us to just anchor into today about these expectations is just to watch them, look at them, name them, label them, speak them out loud. And and the more to which we can give structure to the things that we expect that's when we can begin to detach from them. Because if we can't name them, if we aren't familiar with them, if we don't know them, chances are they are pretty stuck to us. They are pretty attached to us. And if you want to go navigate reality with those attachments, chances are you're going to get bogged down. You're going to end up in a sea that you may label suffering or despair, and you're not going to be able to swim very well. But if we can learn how to see them, learn how to name them, detach a little bit, my senses are what will happen is the magical, enchanted, holy world that you've been entrusted will become electric. It'll be like the Christmas lights just come on the house and every, all of a sudden, everything becomes a glow. If you remember, if you've ever heard this story, there's a historical marker at the intersection of Fourth and Walnut uh, where Thomas Merton in Louisville, Kentucky had his, had a mystical moment And it was a mundane stroll down the street at the corner of 4th and Walnut. And in his reflections, he said, I stopped and I looked around, paraphrasing by the way, I stopped, I looked around, and I noticed that everyone was ablaze. Everyone was ablaze. We've heard similar language before, right? All of a sudden this dude comes upon a bush. And it's ablaze, but it's not being consumed. The only thing he knows to do is to take his shoes off. And so, point number one about these expectations is when you start detaching from them, with your expectations, you've got the gloves on because you want to fight because the world isn't how you thought it was going to be. 
they did this, they did that. Why didn't they do this? They should have done that. I was going to do this. This is how it was supposed to be. I told you we were doing this. Why didn't this happen? Well, I don't know. It just didn't. Life is happening for you. That's something that you may need to navigate. But you take off the gloves, and simultaneously, guess what else you take off? The shoes. Because when we drop our expectations from our lives, now we don't have something to fight about, and now the whole world becomes holy. And you're free. No shoes, no boxing gloves. Now you can feel the grass. I'm speaking in metaphor here. Now you can feel the grass beneath your feet. Let's break that down to another level. Now you can feel the moment that you've been given. The gloves are off. Now you don't have to fight about it and worry about who is correct and who's not. Now you can reach out with hands of empathy, compassion, learning, understanding, joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and connect. Your expectations are always connected to how you think the correct way of whatever needs to be. The second those expectations begin to dissolve, now you become a medium for connection. And I can tell you, in the realm of regret minimalization, when you look back on your life, you are not going to boast about the moments where you are correct. You are going to reflect on the small, hidden, mundane moments that you were connected. Reality, minus our unmet expectations, equals our despair. Now, the thing about expectations is a lot of them are pretty ego-driven. We like to be affirmed. We like to be noticed. We like to be talked about. We like to be retweeted. We like to be a big deal. We like to be the topic of conversation. And a lot of this ego work uh, with re- realizing that reality is happening for you um, is um, a centering down into some hidden teachings that are so easy to miss that they, 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 they stop being beautiful. Jesus' teachings, that's where I'm going here. And so there's three things that he's talked about before. When he talks about loving people in the world, people of the kingdom, uh, people of light, uh, and I and I, and I think that I, I'm I'm finding a draw about talking about uh, uh, us as a people within our tradition with that type of language, because that's that's who we want to be, and I think that that can even move across lines and and welcome people to our table that maybe haven't been invited to drink the same brand of Kool Aid that we have. I, I, I want a diverse, universal table. No matter the background or tradition, I want to affirm, affirm the things of goodness, truth, and beauty within you. And so I use, I'm using these, these phrases of loving people, people of the kingdom, people of light, uh, because I think that that is welcoming language for people. And so Jesus starts saying things like, you know, you... you you're kind of like yeast. 
You're kind of like salt. You're kind of like light. And why would he use like such small language, right? Like yeast. My wife is making uh, uh, these sourdough breads. They're amazing. Watching the alchemy of what all goes into bread, I, I absolutely love it because there's there's this hidden element. There's there's time. There's process. But then there's this whole this this whole concept of uh, uh, this yeast and starter that if it, if it's not there, the whole thing doesn't rise. But then when you're when you're eating the loaf, you 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 hardly ever notice it, but there would be no loaf without it. And so I think this is helpful language for us as we navigate our days. Because I think a lot of times we want to be the whole loaf. And yet, the teaching is very clear that if you can move into reality with the heart and the stance that maybe your little life, maybe your little way, maybe your little redeeming presence can be something that could make the whole thing rise, I think that would fire some people up. I think that would help some people get out of bed each day. I think what that would do is let yourself off the hook of the unmet expectation that you're supposed to be the whole loaf. You're not. You're not. If you're in business, you're not supposed to be the whole loaf. You're, you're, you're just a little bit of yeast that helps the thing rise. What about the family? Right? Patriarch, matriarch, all these, these big, big grandiose ideas that we give. What, what, if, what if family is the loaf and you're just a little bit of yeast that helps it rise? My senses are that would really chill some things out over the Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's holidays, right? We're just yeast that helps the thing rise. Or what about what about the teaching of salt? I mean, salt does not take up a lot of room in my pantry. Salt doesn't take up a lot of room uh, on the dinner table. Salt, when it goes into a dish that I'm making, whether it's cookies or barbecue or uh, uh, a little bit on the rim of a margarita. It, it's, it is not the whole thing. But man, if it's missing, if it's missing, uh, you can really, really tell. You can miss when flavor is not there. And so let's talk expectations in the realm of salt. Unfortunately, culture and life and a lot of things point us to this idea that we are meant to be the whole meal. You're meant to be the appetizer, the entree, dessert, the after-dinner drinks, the charcuterie board. You're, you're supposed to be it all to everybody. What if you're just supposed to be the salt? I mean, it's clear this is his teaching, that the kingdom shows up not in crazy big ways, it's not the meal, it's in the salt. I think if we could drop that expectation of just the narrative and the storyline, and I'm supposed to be this whole meal out there in the world, no, you're, you're actually just supposed to be some flavor. And not only that, flavor 
that would be crazy missed if it wasn't there. And that's not loud, and it's not obnoxious, and sometimes it's just a teaspoon. Sometimes some of the recipes is just a a pinch. Literally, you read cookbooks, and salt, it's not like a cup of salt. (laughs) Four cups of salt, it's a teaspoon of salt, a pinch of salt. And if you've ever had a chocolate chip cookie uh, from Tiny Boxwoods, Austin, Texas, Houston, Texas, it's a it's a flake of salt on top. This is good news, my friends. This is good news for how we re- how we navigate reality. We drop our expectations. We don't need to be the loaf. We don't need to be the meal. Just be some yeast. Just be some salt and play the long game. And over time, your life will begin to rise. The people around you will begin to rise. Love will begin to rise. Flavor will start to abound. Life will gain taste. If we could give young people this language of, hey, you you want your life you want love to arise in your life. You, you want flavor to abound. This is what we taste and see. This is what we want to experience within the human experience is to taste and see. And Jesus shows up and he talks yeast and he talks salt. And the last one he talks is life. He says, you're gonna, you, you people of love, people of light, people of the kingdom, people of the way. Um... You're going to be a light on the side of a hill. And I think the unmet expectation in this teaching is that we're supposed to be the whole hill. We're supposed to be the whole mountain, right? So we've, we've stepped through this. The teaching of yeast, we've thought we're supposed to be the loaf. The teaching of salt, we've thought we we're supposed to be the whole meal. The teaching of light, we thought we were supposed to be the whole mountain. And you're actually just supposed to be a little light. And a little light, it, it, it just kind of lights the area around itself. But if you've ever been to like a candlelight ceremony, you know that over time, when that light, when you pass that light, the, 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 the room begins to get illuminated. And I think the metaphor that we've been entrusted with such a beautiful teaching from the divine, from the mouth of the divine itself. Um, my friend Brian Zond, he teaches Jesus is what God has to say. Uh, I, I love that. And this is helpful for me when, when the teaching is, you, you will be a light on the side of a hill. You're not the hill, but you will take that light, and perhaps that little light will lean into a neighbor which will create illumination. And that neighbor will move out into their reality and, and can create some illumination. And, and their life pours out into that reality, and then that reality becomes illumination. And it starts on the side of a hill with one light. And so I think if we can find a practice daily, of looking beyond the appearance, 
beyond the narrative, behind the illusion of the stories we tell ourselves. The unmet expectations of being loaves and meals and mountains. And a realignment and a regrounding of a beautiful life that is just yeast and salt and light. I think that's where our lives become enchanted. So study the bread. Study the bread and, and, and you'll find that the yeast, no yeast, no bread. Study the meal and as grandiose as the meal is and as grandiose as it would be if you were the whole meal, just be some salt. And as fabulous as it would be for you to be the whole mountain, And oftentimes the world convinces you that you could have been the whole mountain. It all hangs on you. (laughs) The great invitation is to be light. I've said this before. You can choose to be love or you can choose to be light. But what happens is when you choose one of them, you actually get to be both. And that's actually who you are. That's actually who you already are. Unfortunately, there's some illusion and some unmet expectations that keep us from constantly remembering that. It came with the packaging. That this is who you are, it's who you've always will, you always have been, and it's who you always will be. The divine within you. This is who you are. And so we drop such narratives. We find practices to look at our expectations in our lives. And we find a way to detach from them. We find a way to peer through those illusions. And we find ourselves staring right into reality. Staring right into this thing that's calibrated for our transformation. And we say, well, I guess it's time for me to be some yeast. I guess it's time for me to be some salt. I guess it's time for me to be some light. And in doing that, you will have just written your definition of what your loving life can be and look like. This is good news. This is freeing, redemptive news. The gates are locked from the inside. And so let's look at the formula. And if all we do is take away our expectations, I think despair vanishes on the other side of that equal sign. And you actually find out There is no formula. All you're left with is a loving gaze at reality. A loving, a long loving look at reality. It's mystery. It's wonder. You find yourself in awe. And when you're left at such a stance... Such a beautiful stance of how things are. At the mystery of it all. At the wonder of it all. 
you then leave your suffering and despair. And you say yes to what is. Watch your expectations. If you feel like eh, life is constantly no, eh, 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 you're just failing everybody and everyone, watch what happens when you lose those expectations. You'll start leaving that no consciousness and you'll move into yes consciousness. You'll say yes to what is. You'll lean in. And over time, you'll find yourself in that long, loving gaze of the mysterious, wonderful life that you've been entrusted. So I hope this was helpful. (laughs) It's helping me. I'm just trying to break this stuff down to understand it a little bit more. I, 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 but before we go, uh, some one last uh, run of thoughts off of the idea of salt, uh, of of um, salt and light and yeast. Um, I think there's ways to to have like this. How how does this break down in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, in our vocational lives? Uh, I, I think it would may, maybe be helpful to have some language there. And, and I would say, I wrote these notes yesterday, and I, I, it's basically what, ha- what it feels like. I think we need some markers to know what could this feel like? What, what, is the, what is the experience like? And this is only mine, so like I'm one of eight billion people. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, what is the experience of yeast, salt, and light kind of feel like um, in the midst of our personal lives, our spiritual lives, and our vocational lives. Let's begin with personal. It, When the expectations go and you're left with the long, loving gaze at reality and you feel connected at the soul level to the divine and to your brothers and sisters in the world, Whoever they are, that's everyone, by the way. Uh, What does this feel like? It feels internally aligned. You feel externally connected and supported. And you feel nourished and rested. Does that not sound great? Like, if you could get that on a plate Monday morning, wouldn't you take it? Right? Like, I'll have the internally aligned, externally connected and supported, nourished and rested burrito, please. Yeah, that's a beautiful Monday, okay? I, I, I think there is so much of our expectations that keep us from such a place. Internal alignment, externally connected and supported, nourished and rested. Oh, that's where I want to be. Next one is spiritual. What is the what is the spiritual experience of yeast, of salt and light? And and my, mind you, you can't really measure this stuff. Like I guess you can kind of measure some yeast and salt here and there. You can't measure light. We don't even really know what light is. Uh, we don't know if it's a beam. We don't know if it's a ray. It's kind of neither, but it's kind of both. Um, all all we know is you can't even see light, but you only see what it touches. Now that teaches right there. That that that's that's a message in itself. You can't even see light, you just see what it touches. There's a great idea for your life. <laughs> it ain't about you, it's about what you're touching. It's the thing by which we see. 
So what does that feel like at the spiritual level? Uh, you ready for this? It feels quiet. It's spacious. Stillness. Surrender. Expansion. It's expansive, spacious, quiet, and still surrender. Hey, with that uh, internally aligned, externally connected, uh, nourished and rested burrito, would you like a glass of spacious expansion, quiet, still surrender? I think I will. That's what that feels like. So, question, if life isn't feeling like that, if, if life is not feeling quiet, it's feeling chaotic and complicated, mm, check, some, check some of those expectations. Because it's there. It's available. It's, it's available to you. Stillness, surrender, letting go. It, it, this, it's, it's almost an emptiness. But it's an emptiness that is so available to uh, uh, allow the divine to pour itself into it. There's a Hafiz quote. Oh gosh, I got to reach and find this one. Um, Hafiz, he said, uh, I am a whole... In the what is it? Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry, guys. I'm a, I'm I am just a hole in the flute that the breath of Christ moves through. Listen to this music. That's what it was. I am just a flute. I'm just a hole in the flute by which the breath of Christ moves through. Listen to this music. That's what it feels like. It it, it it's 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 you know you're nothing. You 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 you, you know you're just a small insignificant, uh, uh, just breath that's here and gone, but, but you also know that you're a medium for light, but you know that, that something can move through you and add some flavor in the world. That, that, that is what these teachings feel like. And, and then at the vocational level, I, I just said, keep three things in mind, prep, plant, and water. Like prep the soil, make, make the conditions good for whatever you're going to be planting. The, the, the yeast, the light, the salt that you're going to be in the world. Just, just make sure the conditions are good for such things. Then plant those such things and then water those things and then let the divine take care of it from there. And so we began with despair. Despair being reality minus our unmet expectations. But I would like to end in love. I would like to end in joy. I would like to end in peace. And I'll end by just saying this. It's all available. It's all already available. It's at hand. It's within you. It's waiting right outside your front door. And it's sitting right below your feet. Take off the gloves and leave those unmet expectations. Simultaneously take off your shoes. And you'll find that the whole shebang is ablaze and holy and just waiting for you to experience it. So as you approach this week, 
may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love. Namaste. Till next time.